From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, patriots of all ages, welcome to In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And yes, as the baby-faced assassin of freedom, and as well as your tour guide, uh, through the wackadoodle world of Joe Biden's America. I am happy, very, very happy, and I haven't done this in a while, but I am happy to announce we are back with WTF Friday. I am so happy to be back and actually doing this again. It's been a little... It has been a little while because I've had to deal with a whole lot of <clears throat> uh, illness and some sickness, but now I'm feeling better, feeling stronger, and now just about back uh, to a full schedule, which is quite amazing. I mean, even my doctor said uh, that she was proud of me uh, after a follow-up visit yesterday. Uh, but I'm really happy to be back doing WTF Friday for the show because I'll tell you, this week has been so filled with WTF moments, I can barely keep up. I can barely keep up. But we certainly have had quite a bit going on in the news this week. Uh, I got to some of it, but not nearly all of it. So this is kind of a catch-up day for me. Uh, first of all, just to kind of go back a little, um, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy at the Republican, if you actually want to call it a debate, down in Miami on NBC News of all places with... <laughs> Oh my gosh, with the mo with moderators like Lester Holt and Kristen Welker uh, and, you know, I guess the token conservative would have been, you know, Hugh Hewitt, but he didn't get to ask that many questions, but some of them were pretty darn good ones. But anyway, this seems to be the sentiment of a lot of people in the conservative movement. Uh especially after what happened on Tuesday. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We're a cancer the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, 
Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate, they wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Oh, ho, 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 man. Okay. Now, of course, that was a fiery start. Very, very fiery start uh, to that debate, which... Even though I loved that, and that really, Vivek Ramaswamy's uh, sentiments have also been expressed by a lot in the conservative community, conservative influencers uh, like DC Drano uh, and others, better known than I, but yeah, they want her gone. And this is part of the reason why... I could not, in good conscience, uh, stay within the GOP because I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with this foolishness. I mean, yeah, people who were upset over what happened with Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House, uh, Newt Gingrich, uh, I've even heard people that I admire and respect like uh, Colonel Allen West, I totally respect him, but they were so stinking wrong when it came to going after Gates and the other seven who kicked him out. Because I've said it before and I will say it again. Apparently, in the minds of people like Newt Gingrich, who is an incredibly smart man, but to use the rhetoric that he used to use the term traitors whoa no 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 that's way over the top and people getting all upset at matt gates hey guess what you know i believe matt gates has been vindicated totally vindicated because look at the speaker we have now Mike Johnson of Louisiana, a guy who has much more credibility and integrity than McCarthy on his best day. He is a, he's much more conservative than McCarthy. Uh, I believe he's even to the point of being an America first uh, speaker. And hey, loved it. Absolutely loved it. You know, so, yeah, so we, I mean, we got a lot of that. But Tuesday night really didn't help. I mean, I've already commented on it earlier this week. The only bright spot, really, was Tate Reeves, governor of Mississippi, who got a Trump endorsement and was reelected uh, to a second term. But we, we've got bigger problems. I mean, we're, I mean, today, one week from today, the uh, continuing resolution expires. We have one week. Now, I may not be the biggest fan of the concept of a continuing resolution, but I think at this particular point, because 
the House is still working on all of the other appropriations bills. You know, okay, fine. You know, Johnson is open to keeping it until, you know, getting into the new year uh, to mid-January. Because the Senate is slower than January molasses going upstream. They're not doing squat. So, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to go on with this. But, frankly, if we don't have the real adults in the room who are basically saying, hey, we got real problems. I mean, real problems. Not just the financial precipice that we're on now and pretty much could topple over. We also have, and, and it's not just the situation with Israel and Hamas. And certainly, sure as hell, not Zelensky and Ukraine. We're, we better start focusing on our own freaking border, the southern border, with all of these people, these caravans. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're somebody who's an open borders person, your reality is screwed. You are delusional. We cannot handle this. And if you're looking at the situation in cities like New York and Chicago, Los Angeles, hey, you know, other cities too that aren't necessarily run by Democrats. Every state's a border state. Every town's a border town. That's where we are. And frankly, if we don't get Trump in office and to deal with mass deportations as many as possible you might as well forget it because how many we cannot homeland security the fbi cannot even begin to count how many people young fighting aged men have come into this country um and from nations that we know that we know have terrorists and terrorist activity. Iran, Afghanistan, Syria, and other nations. But hey, no, Biden opened the door. And for those of you, especially you woke Christians who gave me grief back in 2020, thinking that, oh, Joe Biden is so moral and, oh, he's going to do so much better. Mm-hmm. Do you really want to double down on that or triple down on that? Given where our country is, our culture, our economy, our military. We are a full-blown, straight-up, white-hot mess in this country. And Biden and his cronies do not give one rat's rear end. This is why... Democrats are really getting nervous. Not just the story about a week ago with the New York Times talking about Trump leading in five out of six uh, swing states, but there are real problems that the Democrats have. They do. It, it's not just... Uh, Biden losing and his policies essentially uh, 
that are full of crap, you're losing, they're losing support amongst their traditional constituencies. Blacks are not, are not thrilled about it, even though, yeah, you got 22% of, of black Americans who tend to be leaning on supporting Trump. That is bad news, okay? That is just plain bad news. Hispanics, some 40%, 40, maybe 45% supporting Trump. That ain't helpful either. And young voters, voters under 30, mm -mm. they finally, I think, are getting some concept of they're not going to have much of a future uh, if we don't have some serious, serious people dealing with the economy. Young people who aren't able to buy homes because they're not only priced out of the market, but 30-year fixed-rate mortgages at 8%? Forget about it. Just forget about it. Because you can't buy or even want to finance, refinance a home at rates like that. When Trump left office, mortgage rates were at 2%. 2%. My gosh, it's just insane to me. But now the other problems that the Democrats have. Now, this is, I guess, maybe somewhat linked to the announcement by Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia that he too is not running for re-election uh, in 2024, uh, right at, just weeks after Mitt Romney of Utah said he wasn't going to run for re-election. But now the speculation is starting to swell. Could Manchin and Romney possibly try to run for president and be a spoiler with the no labels folks? Because I'll tell you, the Democrats don't like it. Nancy Pelosi doesn't like it. Akeem Jeffries doesn't like it. Because these are going to be votes that are going to be taken away from Biden. Not necessarily Trump. You might have a few, but you also have all of these others, independents. Uh, RFK Jr. could He probably would be the biggest threat to Trump uh, taking away sort of the populist vote. But no matter what, I mean, you've got Jill Stein running for the Green Party. You've got Cornell West. Uh, you've got others. I say, all right. You know, for the Democrats who scream about democracy and democracy, and they're trying to squash the no labels movement and getting their candidates on state ballots. I mean, it's just as bad as what's going on in Colorado with the leftist judge somehow trying to think that, you know, they can remove Trump from the Colorado ballot. Now, this is a mess. 
because I have no matter what the wackadoodle leftist judge in Denver does is going to be overturned, even if you have to go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, in a win for Trump, the state of Minnesota has already said and declared, uh, no, we are not going to... They completely dismissed the case of taking Trump off the ballot using Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the Insurrection Clause. So that doesn't help. Uh, they, they're not going to be doing it in Georgia. They're not going to be doing it in New Hampshire, even though I'm sure some would like to have tried. But this case in Colorado? Mm-mm. Nope, nope, nope. I mean, it's so unconstitutional and it's so wrong on its face. I, I don't even know where to start on that. So, yeah, we're... Um, we're, we're just going to have to deal with that. But an interesting story to me because after, I mean, Trump, again, brilliantly upstaged the debate. He had a rally Wednesday night in Hialeah, Florida, which is not too far outside of Miami. And the place was packed out again. Totally packed out. Lots of positive energy and people trying to figure out. I'm sure there had to be some leftists there who were trying to maybe think about disrupting anything or, you know, try to figure out what's going on, which I don't think is really that much of a mental exercise. <laughs> you know, you go to a Trump rally, the man loves his country. He didn't even take a salary his first four years, and I don't think he'll take a salary uh, the next four years. He's fine. I mean, he could have easily gone back to his world of golf courses and Mar-a-Lago, having a pretty dang nice life, building golf courses, building buildings. But no, he loved the country enough to come back and fight for it because he didn't like what he saw. Now, what's really crazy, just a news item today, one of the top fundraiser and donor for Ron DeSantis has essentially said, done, you know, he's withdrawn his money and he's considering giving it to Trump. I mean, my gosh, people, even though you know, Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley were going at it uh, Wednesday night. It still didn't get anywhere. The, the debate on NBC only got, like, what, I think 6.8 million viewers? Even the first two debates that were on Fox got higher ratings. Uh, I think the second debate got 9 million viewers. And the first debate got 13 million. But it's been on a steady down, uh, downward spiral. I mean, heck, even in recent surveys and polling, 76% of Republicans, over three quarters, say end the debates, you know, and focus your money on going after Biden. And apparently... 
Ronna McDaniel just doesn't get it. And now they're talking about a fourth debate. I'm like, are you kidding me? Are, are you truly kidding me? Oh, oy vey. But the situation is such, at least within the GOP and Republicans and conservatives, this story I love. Now, Bernie Marcus is the founder, the co is the founder of the Home Depot and the John Creators Network. He's 94 years old. And frankly, even though he said that he wouldn't get back in politics at his age, uh, he said to heck with this. You know, he's tired of the RNC and its continual comedy of errors, which frankly ain't funny. He says, hey, he's endorsed Trump. He, um, he's believing Trump, Trump is going to win the nomination. And so, hey, you know, get with the program. Stop this craziness because he... Because Marcus believes that, um, you know, Trump is Trump's going to get the nomination, and he believes that Trump is what the country needs and to win the election. So yeah, this is fascinating. Uh, what's going on here? That's for sure. But um, and, and there's going to be plenty to talk about uh, in the weeks to come. But I want to go back to my last episode on Wednesday talking about this whole psycho craziness going on with all these pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian demonstrations. Uh, and it's not just on American college campuses. This has become a worldwide sickness worse than covid because you have these college presidents at some of the biggest and most i guess prestigious universities in the country who have said nothing they are moral cowards they want to just sort of stay out of it and frankly they need to say something. Otherwise, their moral cowardice is going to have a lot more of a deleterious effect on their schools because you already have progressive Jewish donors to these institutions who are saying, uh, to heck with it. Nope, you're not getting any more of my money. And yet that money that they've put into these institutions over the years have turned out a generation of dipsticks. Not just dipsticks, but dangerous dipsticks. Case in point. I want to sh let you listen to some audio that of a protest that happened uh, just a few days ago, just a few days ago, I, I don't know if this was New York or D.C., but listen to this. Salam al 
Okay. That, the woman's voice that you just heard was a woman, I don't know her name, but she was from CARE. C-A-I-R. Now, CARE has been criticized for being sort of a front organization for uh, people like Hamas, Hezbollah, and, and others of the Muslim Brotherhood. Now, this just blows my mind. Now, this is what's going on in the U.S. on college campuses, on Capitol Hill, the, I mean, the insurrection that Rashida Tlaib uh, led, which actually, le which led to her censure, and 22 Democrats voted in favor of it. Ooh, this is not a good thing, okay? It's not a good thing for her, because part of the war in the Democrat Party is this issue of Israel, pro-Hamas versus pro-Israel. Because frankly, it's going to tear it, it's going to really tear the Democrat Party apart, as well as other things as well. But I say, you know, as so long as you have people like Talib, her gal pal Ilhan Omar, the rest of the squad, AOC, Ayanna Presley, Cori Bush, and the rest of the witches coven. Yeah, this is what you're going to get. And apparently there is no slowing down. No slowing down. I'm like, holy cow, people. But let's go, you know, let's expand out a little. Now, story from the National Pulse, thenationalpulse.com. This was from Canada in uh, Montreal. And I love this, just listening, just reading just this little piece of the story. A college professor at the University of Montreal has allegedly been caught on camera telling a Jewish student to, quote-unquote, go back to Poland as well as screaming expletives such as your mother is a whore and SOB in Hebrew. Now, apparently, this guy was identified as a professor named Yanis Arab, and apparently he was caught on camera and it was posted on uh, on X and this took place just two days ago this isn't just kind of like you know eh. no this took place 48 hours ago okay and this it's just disgusting to me I mean apparently this professor is some sort of an expert on Palestine and so on and so forth but th this is sick this isn't just, this is Canada, folks, okay? Here's something else from our neighbors to the north that absolutely I find quite disgusting. Um, here we go. This is a report from a local 
Canadian uh, news news station about gunshots fired at two Jewish schools in Montreal. So let's go for this. Police search the grounds of a Jewish school in Montreal as curious students look on from inside. This is one of two schools hit by bullets. The information that we got at this point is that the gunshots were fired during the night, so there was no one in the school. Police say it's too early to say if this was a hate crime, but it's something they're looking at. David Oliel studies the Torah at one of the schools. Sends a message, a threatening message to, to our lives and to our community. I'm going to keep wearing my kippah proud and not be afraid of uh, to live in my home where I grew up. This comes just days after a synagogue and a Jewish community center west of Montreal were hit with Molotov cocktails. And just hours after violence erupted between two groups of students at Concordia University over the Israel-Hamas war, leading to an arrest and several injuries. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said the rise in anti-Semitism and Islamophobia are unacceptable. For people to be lashing out to each other, that's forgetting who we are, and it's forgetting the very values that are most necessary in this time. This Jewish advocacy organization says the latest incident more than crosses the line. This morning, we woke up to the fact that two of our Jewish schools, institutions in which we trust to send our Jewish kids, were shot overnight. And now we have to deal with a different reality. He pointed to recent pro-Palestinian protests, saying they've become vehicles for hate speech. Asked whether he would consider banning some demonstrations to maintain social peace. Premier Francois Legault said nothing is ruled out. But at another pro-Palestinian demonstration in Montreal, protesters say they are also feeling the impact of rising tensions and say their actions are not against Jews. This movement, these protests are not anti-Semitic. We have a lot of Jewish people who are against what's happening. So, Allison, there is a lot of fear right now. What are officials doing to address it? Well, the mayor of Montreal and Quebec's premier have both called for calm. Montreal police say they are still reviewing security camera footage at both schools as they continue to look for suspects and say they're also stepping up their presence around some schools and places of worship. Okay. That's Montreal. Okay. Two incidents in Canada okay and Eastern Canada now <laughs> the the person that just towards the end of that clip talking about oh well no this is an anti-semitic it's BS I would have called BS right there if you're going after Jews and if you've got somebody shooting at a school and others just getting into violent scuffles and even to the point in California, a, a Jewish a pro-Israel Jewish protester was killed, killed by a Muslim or Arab. I don't know, but it's just ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. All right. Need a little bit more? Well, okay. Here's a story from Semaphore. Headline, Israel says it helped Brazil foil Hezbollah-linked attack on Jews. 
This story was from yesterday, okay, where Israel helped the nation of Brazil stop a plot by Hezbollah to go after Brazil's Jewish population. You know, but like the U.S., from the story here in Semaphore, Domestic extremism is rare in Brazil, but the country has recorded a rise in anti-Semitic reports since Hamas's October 7 attack on Israel. Hezbollah was collecting information on synagogues and Jewish centers that could be targeted in future attacks, according to a Brazilian newspaper. Okay. Now you've got Brazil, South America involved with this. And one more. The head of, in South Africa, the Republic of South Africa, one of its political parties has, and its leaders have blamed Israel for what's going on in Gaza. They, the Israelis are the oppressors. I'm going, I mean, this is South Africa, Brazil, the United States, North America, Europe for sure. A teacher in France was killed by a Arab pro-Hamas uh, supporter. Killed, uh, killed by a knife, stabbed to death, a teacher in France. London, he, I mean, everywhere. This is not just, you know, a, a simple disagreement. No, because having done a little bit of my own study, the word Hamas, which is actually found in the Old Testament, is the word for violence. And if you do not believe me, go read the Old Testament about Noah and the time when Noah was building the ark. The world was filled with violence. Hamas. And it was evil. I mean, Hamas is not just a terrorist organization, people. To Hamas is a spirit and it is a very evil spirit and a lot of these people seem to be completely possessed by it at worst influenced by it at best but no 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 I, I am I've said it before I am not going to apologize for my support of Israel but if the Christian community isn't willing to be a little bit more vocal, more outspoken, and protecting our Jewish, our Jewish friends, then, I mean, it's not just a war of political ideas. No, it's worse than that. It is spiritual warfare going after not just you know, Jews, 
but anything that has anything to do with Judeo-Christian values and ethics. And if that means they're going to go after the great Satan, namely the United States, then get ready, folks. There's a reason why at the FBI and counterterrorism folks are talking about attacks in this country and the threat of those attacks have risen like crazy. I mean, when, whether you're talking about the moral cowardice of university presidents to stop this on campus or anything coming out of the government in law enforcement or counterterrorism, we got problems, okay? We just have problems, period. And the sooner we take this seriously, because these people are nuts. They are so enraged. It's blinding rage. And frankly, if you're not willing to stop it where, whenever you see it, then these clowns are going to win and they're going to have the help of the Democrat Party and the mainstream media in spite of what you heard on the, on the earlier uh, audio clip. It's just not going to happen. But my friends, I'm just going to call it a day today. Thank you. Actually, I'm going to call it a week. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And of course, we always encourage you to follow and subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, you can find us on any podcast platform. Just type in In Black and Right. You can also send us email, inblackandright at gmail.com, or visit our website, inblackandright.net. So, my friends, thank you. God bless you. Have yourself a terrific weekend. Uh, but as we're getting to the weekend, and it is Veterans Day, I want to make sure I say a huge thank you to all the men and women who have served the country in peacetime or in war. Thank you so much for your service and for your sacrifices to help keep America free. And it's also today the birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Semper Fi, you guys. Happy birthday. So, for now, take care of yourselves. I will see y'all back here on Monday. And in the meantime, just remember as always, patriots come in all colors.